from the Native American mound builders who lived on this river a thousand years ago, to the Cherokee people who loved these waters, the Decatur's on Simp McGee who sailed his riverboat up and down this marvelous waterway, the Tennessee River has played an important role in the history of our Tennessee Valley. Likewise, the Jordan River has played quite the role in the history of Israel and the Christian faith. John the Baptizer, or John the Baptist, was at the Jordan River one day when he looked past the crowd, pointed and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was pointing to Jesus, the one who three years later would lay down his life like a sacrificial lamb. By doing so, Jesus would provide the solution to our greatest problem, our overwhelming tendency to do the wrong thing. Well, when John pointed, two of the men turned and started walking behind Jesus. After a while, Jesus turned and asked a penetrating question. What are you looking for? Or as some translations have it, what are you seeking? One of the most popular songs of the Irish rock band U2 says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, what are you looking for? I mean, deep down inside. When you lay your head on your pillow and you think to yourself, I wish I... If your counselor were to ask you, what do you feel like is missing? What are you looking for? I highly recommend the life of following Jesus. Now, I want to be really careful here. I'm not promising that if you follow Jesus, life will never rain on your parade and the blue bird of happiness will make his nest in your backyard. But there is life at its best in following Jesus. Not a perfect life, but the, the best life possible in an imperfect world. Jesus promised that and rest for our souls. And there is a peace that surpasses human understanding and a great sense of purpose and meaning that come from joining Jesus in his mission to the world. In Jesus, I believe you would find what you're looking for. Back to the story. Those two guys walking behind Jesus asked, Where are you staying? Come with me, Jesus answered, and you will see. The flow of the story tells us Jesus was not just inviting them to see where he hung his hat. Come and see was an invitation, an invitation to check out his life and his message. That same phrase appears again later in the story when these two guys got to know Jesus, and one of them, Philip, told Nathanael, we have found the one we've all been looking for. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Again, that's more than come and see if people from Nazareth are okay. It's come and see what we have seen in him. It's okay, you know, not to be sure yet about Jesus. It's okay to come and see, to Come and see for yourself. In fact, just watching this program might be your first step toward coming and seeing. Your next step might be to ask a follower of Jesus whom you trust 
to talk over a cup of coffee. Or maybe you'd go to a church service, maybe ask a friend who attends church if you could go with him or her. Or watch a church service online or listen to a Christian podcast. Ultimately, ultimately though, come and see will require a step of faith and commitment from you. To truly come and see, to really give Jesus and His ways a try, will require a step of faith. Not blind faith, but faith. Not unlike the acrobat who has to let go of his or her bar in order to jump and then be caught by the waiting hands of his or her partner. Not unlike the, the faith of Indiana Jones in the last crusade who had to take that step out over that chasm before the invisible bridge became visible. It does take some faith. Come and see, Jesus said. It's a bit like wondering if the water is good. You can't check out the water while sitting on the side of the pool with your toes in the water. You've got to jump in. Come and see, Jesus said. It's, it's a bit like being on the streets of Gatlinburg, watching through those big windows as people make fudge or taffy. You can't taste the good stuff standing on the streets looking in. You've got to enter the building. Come and see, Jesus said. And frankly, you might not give Jesus a try, I know, until you realize nothing else is going to work. Until you realize no guy or gal, man or woman, has the ability to make you happy. Until you realize there is not a job or a salary or a title or a trophy on earth that can give you deep satisfaction. You might not be ready to come and see. But if you're ready, if you realize that life's greatest questions, the answer to life's greatest questions and the satisfaction of your deepest needs are not found in a politician or political party or a self-help book or some psychobabble app you listen to as you try to go to sleep, if you realize the answer to life's greatest questions and the satisfaction of your deepest needs do not come from having your name on some plaque or, or even your name on some church roll, when you realize the most profound answers you're looking for are not humanly findable, then come and see. I have a screenwriter friend who lives in Los Angeles. I'd call him a spiritual skeptic. Once he asked me a simple and straightforward question. What exactly does Jesus want from me? I answered, Jesus wants you to follow him. Back to today's story from the Bible. That's what Jesus said to Philip. Follow me. You heard it read a moment ago. Jesus invited Philip, follow me. And that is obviously more than a physical following. It's a following. In reading what we call the New Testament, we we find Jesus' recurring call. Follow me. The invitation to follow was at the heart of Jesus' message to humans. As I count it, the faith decision referred to as following Jesus appears 46 times in the biblical accounts of Jesus' life. Follow me is not 10 easy steps to a better life. It's not secrets to being all you can be. It's not an intellectual decision alone, not an emotional decision alone. 
not something, something to accomplish, really. Follow me is a lifestyle, a way of seeing and interpreting the world. No guarantee about how things will unfold along the way. A dynamic pilgrimage, a journey, complete trust of the unquestionable one in charge, and a passion for following his teachings. Allegiance and surrender to the leader, obedience to the one out front, identification with and and an and, and intimate relationship with a friend, a teacher. Following implies a turning from, a willingness to surrender our own idols for the sake of a relationship with Jesus. A bit like when I look at brides and grooms at the altar and I ask if they are willing to forsake all others. Following implies out and out commitment. This is not a mere hobby. In the words made popular by the late Eugene Peterson, Following Jesus means a long obedience in the same direction. What does Jesus want? Followers, real, courageous followers. One Thursday morning a few years ago, I was up before 4 a.m. to drive our 17, then 17-year-old daughter, Brennan, to the airport so that she could catch a flight at six. She was going with our church's youth on a mission trip. We took the Pocahontas Parkway to the Richmond Airport. Now you gotta be careful when you're headed east on the bridge on the Pocahontas Parkway because that exit to the Richmond Airport comes up really quickly. I missed it. And then I was terribly frustrated because, well, I was afraid I was gonna make Brennan, our daughter, late. I knew I'd have to drive a long way before I'd have a chance to turn around. A legal chance, that is. Up ahead, I saw an opening in the median marked for emergency vehicles only. I knew I shouldn't. But I could see the headlights of only one car headed in my direction. And he was so far away, and so it was safe, and the chances of that being a policeman were slim. So I turned around where I shouldn't. Yep. Soon the dark skies were illuminated with blue lights, and I was sitting on the side of the road. The trooper came up to my window. I told him I was taking my daughter to the airport and she was going on a mission trip. I, you know, I thought that might help. Thankfully, he let me go with a warning. So I, I pulled back into the highway, back into the lane, intending to take the exit to the airport now from the other side. I mentioned that the exit is easy to miss if you're headed east. Well, it's easy to miss if you're headed west too. And I did miss it. The trooper, still behind me, turned on his lights again. He pulled up beside me and rolled down his window. Did I miss it again, I asked. Yes, sir, he answered. And then he said, follow me. He took me to the next emergency vehicles only turnaround and motioned for me to pull up alongside him. Sitting there in the median, the officer gave me specific instructions, speaking very slowly. Go right up there, he said, pointing. Look for the sign. I did and made it to the airport in time. Follow me, said the policeman. Follow me. That was Jesus' invitation too. Follow me. Jesus still whispers the same thing 
to people in plush offices, in trashy back alleys, and in lonely hotel suites. Follow me, not with condescension or shame in his voice, not with a raised eyebrow, not with an, I can't believe you made the wrong turn again, look on his face, but with all the tenderness of a lamb who would lay down his life for you and did. If you've missed a few turns along the way, says Jesus, follow me.